If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's John Bozica, 10 until noon, Monday through Friday. Here on 1480 WHBC. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Welcome back into the program here. Um, haven't talked to this guy in a while. I, I, I actually was uh, texting back and forth with him when I was in D.C. a couple weekends ago. He was telling me places to go to eat, and uh, we tried to listen to him where we could and so on and so forth. That's Congressman Tim Ryan. Congressman, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot to hear that from you. Um, Got it. Yeah. You know, uh, I I know that this has been a very busy time for you. I know with the Senate campaign going on was still keeping your duties as the congressman. I know that this has just been a a very busy time for you, but there's also been a lot of things that you've been, you know, kind of going around talking about right now. And I know one of those things that's been right on the top of your list is infrastructure right now, Congressman. Could you touch on that and and why it's been such a point of importance for you at this point? Well, we've got a huge competition right now against China. And, you know, I sit in these classified briefings. I know what they're doing with their military. I know what they're doing with their economy. They, they are, you know, basically uh, have a complete strategy on how to dislodge the United States from our, you know, economic uh, situation that, that we have here. And, and one of the ways, I think the most fundamental way we beat them is we outcompete them. You know, we, nobody wants to go to war with China. You got to protect yourself and make those investments. But at the end of the day, you got to outcompete them. And the only way a country of 330 million people like we have here in the United States can outcompete a country of 1.4 billion people is to make sure that everybody and every community is on the field playing with the Team USA jersey on. And that means uh, infrastructure, that means roads and bridges, but it also means things like broadband. I mean, we literally saw the veil pulled back during the pandemic. We've had kids and families have to pull up to a McDonald's to access their Wi-Fi in order to download their homework. You know, schools that don't have adequate broadband. I mean, how in the hell are we going to outcompete China if if we're not, you know, building out the, the proper kind of infrastructure needed in the United States and make the investments into our people that we need to, to do. And at the end of the day, you got to cut the workers in on the deal, too. I mean, we can't get out of a recovery here where, you know, it's like the, it's like the uh, subprime mortgage recovery, like the rich people get their money back within months and it takes a decade for the average person to to make their way back. And the only way we do that is to make sure all these communities are invested in, plugged in. And there's no better place like Ohio to see how that's needed down the Ohio River, you know, communities in Northeast Ohio. I mean, we got to get this thing done and we got to get it done now. You know, I know in the in the one ad that I've seen for your Senate run, you've you've mentioning reimagining things. And, you know, you drive around Ohio and you have so many different buildings that are, are dilapidated. You have so many different buildings that are, you know, old factories that haven't become anything 
how do you reimagine those things? How do you take those things and make them from a dilapidated building into something that could benefit Ohio, maybe provide jobs and bring things back to Ohio that aren't here anymore? Yeah, a couple steps. I mean, the first step, I think, is is the infrastructure. You know, I mean, we see companies like Timken that used to be thousands and thousands of employees and now really a shell of themselves. Same in, in the General Motors plant in Lordstown, used to be 16,000. So the way you do that first is make sure all these communities have access to broadband because no company is going to be able to grow or recruit workers or have the kind of school districts they need without it. So you got to lay that down. And then you've got to you've got to pump money, research, research and development money, partnering with businesses. This can't be an anti-business campaign. You've got to work with businesses to grow the companies of the future. So who's going to build the electric vehicles of the future, the electric trucks of the future? Who's going to build the batteries that go into those vehicles? Who's going to build the charging stations? Who's going to redo the grid, which is going to have to become a smart grid? And, and much interacting much better uh, with the consumers. All of these things have to happen, but you need research and investment from the federal government. That's what China's doing. They're pumping tons of money into this kind of thing. And before the pandemic, they dominated over 50% of the electric vehicle market. Now, if we keep going down the road we're going now, having stupid debates about Dr. Seuss and all this craziness, while China is pumping money into these kind of things, that's why they dominated 50% of the electric vehicle market. But fast forward five years, 10 years on the current trajectory that we're on, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. And I think we're trying to say, look, the, the child tax uh, cut that just came, you know, working families get more money in their pocket. They put that out into the economy, making sure pensioners have their full pension. Everyone has retirement security, then infrastructure and part of the next step. Uh, with the administration and what we want to do is hundreds of billions of dollars into research, partnering with companies to be able, you know, to dominate these industries of the future. And that means manufacturing jobs where we're making things again in the country and in the state and making sure that the workers are getting a piece of the action. Those are kind of the steps that need to be taken. And then you got to make sure our K through 12 schools are doing good. So we got to have make sure we're investing in our schools and to our teachers because we need more science, technology, engineering people, but we also need people with certif uh, certifications to go build this stuff and make a good middle-class wage. And, I mean, we could. this is an opportunity. This is what I keep telling everybody, John. We're in a d deep competition with China. There's no question. But it's also a hell of an opportunity. I mean, when have we had industries like building electric vehicles as an opportunity to really grow and put our people back to work, like they were working – you know, 40 or 50 years ago. I mean, we should be peppering the Ohio River Valley in Northeast Ohio with factories, building semiconductors, building electric vehicles, building batteries. We just need the federal government to take its leadership role here. If we do that, we will dominate these industries of the future and we'll see communities uh, revitalized because the tax base goes up, schools, you know, money for schools go up, people can afford to vote for a school levy, people can afford to vote for a police and fire levy. Because they got a few bucks in their pocket. Well, and and you know you, you keep mentioning competing at that global level too, and I know for so many people that's a that's a thing that scares them about the future. It's it's been used, I feel like sometimes as a fear tactic by different politicians. Um, you know when when did that become the case that America fell behind in that, Congressman? Because it seems like that's probably happened 
rather recent here. I mean, that hasn't been a, a thing throughout the course of time. It seems like that's probably happening about the last 30 years. Am I right in that? I think you could go back to 1980 when, when the, the whole narrative was the government is the problem. And I'm not saying that the government is the solution to everything, and I'm not saying that all we have to do is throw money at problems and somehow that fixes it. But when you look at World War II to 1980, we were pumping money into research and development, our infrastructure, Eisenhower, and it was Democrat and Republican. It wasn't just Democrat. Obviously, Roosevelt and Truman, um, but then Eisenhower, you know, he pushed the interstate highway because he knew we needed infrastructure. Uh, Richard Nixon signed into law the Community Development Block Grant, which gave federal money uh, down into communities to rebuild themselves. How much money did we spend on NASA and all the technologies, all the, you know, computerization and all of that spun, a lot of that spun out of the Department of Defense and us trying to get to the moon, and those technologies spun out of that. So the federal government had this huge role in, in, in doing the research and development and partnering with the, the private sector companies that created all the jobs. And then you had a defense industrial base, you had NASA, and then you, know, then you were cutting workers in on the deal, you had higher unionization rates. And, and you could see wages fall when unions fell. So, you know, you need, some, you need some unions out there to make sure we're keeping wages up. Workers were cut in on the deal. 1980, we stopped. We started cutting all these programs, cutting funds to local government, cutting funds to education. You see tuition costs go through the roof. I mean, you could go to, you could go to Kent State, and just with the Pell Grant, it would cover 70% of your college. You'd get a part-time job, and you could go to, anybody could go to college. Now you go 100000 in debt. How did that happen? We started cutting investments in the education. You know, the same thing. So in 1980, we started going in another direction. Guess who picked up our playbook and started running with it? China. So China's running our game plan now, and they have been for 20 or 30 years. We're cutting, fighting about Dr. Seuss and other stupid stuff, and, and they're, they're eating our lunch. And so this is, right now is the inflection point where we've got we've to move in another direction, get our playbook back, make these investments. We're not going to get ahead divided, John. It's just not going to happen. If we think we're going to be red shirts versus blue shirts, Democrats versus Republicans, while China's doing what they're doing, we are done. And that's why we've got to come together. We are all on the same team in the United States. We've got to stop fighting with each other and start getting together so we could take on the competition. And, uh, and win the game. And that's what it's all about for our kids and for our grandkids. It's Congressman Tim Ryan, who's on the show right now. Obviously, he's running for Senate right now here in the state of Ohio as well. Uh, Congressman, last question for you. You mentioned that infighting between Republicans and Democrats. You mentioned that back and forth. And um, I know that, you know, the second I leave the air with you, I'm going to get about 30 people to call in and say and, you know, criticize you for saying the things that you're saying and and some will say that you're anti-american for saying those things what do we do to end that that back and forth that you know crap for lack of a better term because i mean that's what it seems like it is lay down your arms i mean you know we've got to suspend we're not going to agree on everything no one's going to agree on everything you know i mean if you're in a really good marriage you're never going to agree on anything your best friend, you never agree on anything. 
we're not going to agree on everything, but let's focus on what's absolutely the most important thing right now. And I am proposing in my Senate race that the absolute most important thing is our direct economic competition, great power competition is what the military calls it, with China and with Russia. And, and that is fundamental. And, and yet maybe we don't agree on some social issues or we have different views on some other things. But if we can agree that we want to dominate these industries of the future, create good-paying jobs here, cut workers in on the deal, make sure families have some breathing room because they're making a decent living and our retirees have some uh, retirement security, so they don't have to worry about taking their pills or, or, or eating, either or. If we can focus on that, let's get the ship back in the right direction. And then in five or ten years, we can fight about all this other stuff again. It, those issues are still going to be there. We're still not going to agree. But, my God, if we can't agree that China is a major economic threat to us and we have to have a, a very strong public-private response, including a strong federal government response, then, I, then we're going to lose. <laughs> it's just that simple. And, and I'm not going down with that. So I, I am in the top 10 percent of House members uh, in, as bipartisan. I'm in the top 10 percent, number, uh, number two in Ohio. I want to work with Republicans. I like working with Republicans. Dave Joyce and I work on the Great Lakes, making sure the Great Lakes have enough money to try to clean up and, and restore the Great Lakes. I work with Republicans on all kinds of different issues. But what I'm saying is we got to work together on these fundamental issues. So lay down your arms, suspend maybe on some of these issues, and let's all focus as Americans. We're on the same team. We have a major economic threat. Workers need cut in on the deal, and we need some economic security. I hope we can agree that that's the most important thing. And in five or ten years, we can have arguments over beers on other issues that, you know, people think I'm dumb on and I think they're dumb on. And But we shake hands and, you know, have a beer and move on. But we're we're got to be in agreement on the threat. And, and really, from post-World War II until 80 and even beyond, we were at least in agreement on the threat, you know. So we got to at least agree on what the problem is. One thing I hope the Democrats and Republicans can agree on here in Ohio is that the Browns are now the best team uh, in the AFC North. I hope they can agree on that. Don't even get me started, man. I'm getting so excited. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> it's just not even funny. I know. I know. It's the same <laughs> way here. guys are going to have a good team this year. I mean, this is going to be this going to have a good run in the fall. We are. We are. It's going to be a good time. Congressman, you know, I always appreciate the time. Uh, be well, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, John. Take uh, care. Yep. Bye.